I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of This Might Help with Matt Bronger, uh, the only advice podcast where I don't really even give a shit that it's an advice podcast because it's fun and it's comedy, and I don't think people take it seriously if they're smart. But like the show is called, this might help. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like a friend giving you a weird pill at a party, and you're like, I don't know. I don't think I'm having a good time. And you're like, look, I'm having a good time on this pill. This might help. Uh, my guest today is a friend who started where I started and actually came from where I originally came from. Uh, she's from Chicago. She's a hilarious comic who is someone I've gotten to know later in my life. Um, and it's been a lot of fun because she's one of those people who when you're around her, you just you have a good time because she has an amazing attitude. And <laughs> and as as she's she's dancing and smiling right now that kind of just shows it um you've seen her on uh late night sets and also writes on a bunch of shows and is just kind of you know one of those funny people out there who i want to bring to your attention if you don't know her because you should megan galley is here hi guys oh wow i'm gonna bring my advice a game good cool yeah i mean i'm that's very judgmental i've got a lot of thoughts great and right. I'm going to really um, try and not fuck up anybody's life. Well, that's we all we can do is approach it sincerely. And yeah. uh, the one rule that I have on the show is we don't Google anything. Okay, so it's great. Just, it's just, you know, someone's like, hey, how do I figure out who? No, you know, like, no. Let's do your work for you. Because right, that's right, right. one of the most annoying things, I think, to comedians and performers. Where how do you, I get tickets? How do I get tickets? You, you'll, you've what? posted a link. You've posted the day, maybe even the time. And they're like, the what location is and where, where in town, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, look, click the link. It's amazing. How do I get tickets? Oh boy. I get it. We're all, we're all, uh, we're all lazy. I understand, but I, I, I'm not going to help you because it, that just, it won't, it won't help you. You should help yourself. Yeah. Um, how have you been? When I last saw you, we were in Harlem. We were in, we were in Harlem. Yeah. We were eating delicious food in Harlem. Yes. I'm good. I'm happy to be back in Los Angeles. And I know that that makes me a weak person, but that's how I feel. I love LA uh, because I think when most people think of LA, they don't think of the LA I think of. I think of the that's... parks that I like. Yeah. It's so big. Right. It, it would be kind of like someone, and this is their right. But if someone visited, you know, uh, uh, one city in America and then flew back to wherever, whatever country they're from, and they're like, I don't like America. It's like right. yeah, everyone who who hates L.A. has either never spent any good amount of time there and or weren't in an area that they would like. Because yeah. there's, there's an area you'd like no matter who you are. I believe that. I, I don't do. go to the, I don't go to nightclubs. I don't even right. know. Like if someone even was like, well, we want to like go LA. I'd be like, uh, um, mm. do you want to go to the laugh factory? Like I wouldn't even yeah. know where to direct them where, no. I mean, yeah, of course you're going to see big, big fake weird butts, but it's sure. like, that's part of the fun to be with your friends and right. see crazy faces right. and you don't have to be friends with the cat lady face you know you get to are there 12 year olds in g-wagons for sure but i don't know them that's they're in a they're in a different land yeah. than i'm in and, and like do we spend any amount of time on robertson boulevard whatsoever with the kardashians or no any, like, no that I mean, i've never even been to calabasas oh no you know what? i actually worked in calabasas i forgot <laughs> Really, it was this hilarious, like regular office building that you would see in any suburb in America, but very famous people had their offices in just this regular complex. And so you would pull in and there'd be like, you know, Mike, a Jetta, Andra, a Honda, and then like Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Sure, and you're sure. like, okay, yeah, but it's still just a regular ass office building. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's... You you, yeah, you have these pockets of, of life that are insufferable, sure. And it 
costs an insane amount of money to live here as opposed to other places yeah. for sure. But, you know, people can live in the Valley. People yeah. can live in South LA, 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 la. But it's just, you can't put it next to other cities. You can't. In terms I don't, of yeah, I don't think you can just, I, I when, when we're in, when I'm in New York, people go real hard on talking shit about LA to me. Sure. And I'm like, listen, I know well, I, I hear you, but they don't, but I'm like, I don't even talk shit about New York. And I had some bad things happen to me in this city. I also lived here and I'm just like, oh, that's New York. Like it comes with the territory and no one is able to like separate the things that come with the territory of LA. The what like LAX is the worst airport in the world and we all want it to be gone. And if there's a way for a natural disaster to wipe it out, but there be no injuries or fatalities, then we would all pick that. Right. But if we're judging cities based on airports, then we are losers. Well, I loved when Martha Plimpton, who lifelong New Yorker, you know, lived in the apartment her parents moved into before she was born and stuff. Like she moved to Brooklyn because she was like, yeah, New York, New York. Manhattan's a fucking mall now. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know what you think the real New York is. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know, when a 20-something is just like, uh, LA's so fake. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you live in a fucking million-dollar condo your parents are leasing for you. Yeah. What do you know about real life? Because there's buildings that are very old near you. And the only only other shit talk I will say about New York is the thing that struck me is the amount of comics that were like, everyone's like fake there. Like this is where real comics are, Mm. but they to a person were so much more fucking thirsty than anyone I knew in LA because they live in an apartment with four people. And they're like, when do I get a showcase? When I'm losing my mind. And it's like, do you think it's cause you live here, man? (laughs) Have you thought about that? You know? And it's like, (sighs) it's like, I just feel like the the difference is, and this said, New York is the heavyweight champion. I love that city. Yeah, it's the best comedy city. It's the best uh, comedy. Down, well said. You can do so many more sets, all that jazz, but it is it it makes me think of that the the young actor and um who was on the the art team or whatever at uh, at the at, and on Mad Men and Don Draper where mm-hmm. they're going down in the elevator and the kid goes, I feel sorry for you, and Don Draper goes, I don't think about you at all. Uh, well, that's the yeah. Difference. That's, you yeah. know, that's it. It's just, it's like, yeah, people shit on LA, but LA oh. doesn't really, it's LA's not like shitting. No, you know? it's hard it's just, to, it's hard to hear you guys in my massive house. No, um, <laughs> not Out massive. In regular, field I, drinking I, wine. I, we live in a regular ass house that would be in Indiana and in sure. New York, that's a mansion. And so it's I'm like, yeah, I live in a mansion. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? 1500 like- square foot mansion. <laughs> Well, you you and you you were born in Chicago, right? I was born in Indianapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis. Wait, born you and told raised. Me this. That's why you root for the Colts. Born and raised in Indianapolis. Yeah, I've oh. got like a little Pacers thing here too. Oh, true, Indiana little loser. And then I moved to Chicago first, like to do stand up. Okay, okay, yeah, I had you pegged uh, as as like born in like the northern suburbs like me and then lived in then lived in chicago thank you thank mm -hmm. you i've lived and worked in evanston i love a northern suburb but no i'm from the southernmost suburb of chicago indianapolis (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean chicago was such a fun town to spend my 20s in oh yeah i think it is it is a town that people like oh god it's so cold but that's what keeps people out uh, in a sense at least it did but now it just doesn't now it's it's just it's so expensive to live there it's like la or san francisco in some yeah i guess i just now that weather i could never do it i'm like such a pussy now um and i'll even go back in like january to do shows just and people are like why would you accept that i'm like well i can do it i know i can but then i get there and i'm like ah this is uh-huh. crazy yeah. but for like three days you're like this is a challenge it's truly a polar plunge of yes. just being in the place but to but to live there but so many of my friends are still there i i really i do i had like a, a i had normal people friends there that was the last place i had normal people friends okay. and i do really miss 
that dynamic of like these are just like my friends from college that yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. regular ass cool people totally. and i miss them <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it, i feel like it, you gotta have a couple of those friends my my kind of normal friends in la are people that work in the business but nothing that would ever cross my avenue mm -hmm. at all you mm -hmm. know like one of my best friends is location manager like he's the mm -hmm. guy who He's like, oh, you need an abandoned barn? Yeah, I got, here's a here's a spreadsheet. Here's five of them. Here's pictures. And know, if he starts wanting to perform, you're like, you're out. We're oh, not yeah, friends no. anymore. He would, Get out. He, he's like the ultimate fan. He loves going to shows. When oh, I, wow, amazing. Maybe like 50, you know, 10 years ago, I used to have these giant birthdays in his backyard and we built a stage and we'd have these show parties where wow. everyone would just get lit and I'd have a lineup. And it was, they were like, uh, they were like these, these giant, giant shindigs. So like, he, he likes to watch comedy. People will so. come in um, our backyard and be like, you could have a show back here. And it's like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> There's no. not a world. <laughs> no. And, but like, that's how we're everywhere. I do it more with weddings. Now, whenever I see a place, I go, you could have a wedding here. Like I'll, I'll transform a broom closet into a five-star wedding location but like yeah. comics yeah there is something in our brain where any space we see where maybe chairs are next to each other it's like that's a that's a show that's a uh -huh. stage right there yeah it's i like, mean it's, it's weird backyard. but people are yeah <laughs> but yeah. that's what's been i mean i love doing outdoor comedy so it's actually i've been happy that we are that we've been able to do that during the pandemic yeah it, I, i've i've enjoyed them too i mean i, I used to I used to say anytime I did an outdoor show, like guys do, doing comedy outdoors is like sex outdoors. It's pretty gross. gross. <laughs> uh, uh, but like, it, just because it's just, you need that kind of ceiling yeah. and stuff. But it's at the same time, we've all been to outdoor weddings where someone's giving a speech and they're hilarious. And they're, this mm -hmm. is fun. Like mm -hmm. you can laugh outdoors. It's oh, different. Oh yeah, you just have but, to have proper amplification. Yeah, that's it. That always drives me crazy when a comics mic goes out and they drop it and go, I don't need it. And you're like, we need it. If you don't have that mic, there's no authority. You're just yeah. a dick oh, on a yeah, slightly higher yelling. level talking. Wow. This isn't the 1800s. I'm not gonna listen to you if you're on top of a box. I'm and definitely the person that's like, I'll project. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but I'm only saying, I only do it when, when you're doing a show and there's like six people and right. you're like, now I'm embarrassed to be even be holding this microphone. <laughs> if the mic will not come back on or it's just nothing but feedback and there's no you know, like, oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The feedback is worse. That's really because oh. then you just see people's faces going Ugh, and oh. you're like, wow, please, I've please. definitely had one person in an audience make that face. But for an entire audience to be making that face during a joke, you're like, I'm not even talking about my pussy yet. Like, I'm just I'm just riffing and they're horrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. when, when did you uh, meet CJ, your husband? I met CJ and I were friends for eight years before we started dating. So we wow. met in Chicago doing standup and we're like in the same friend circle. And then 2016 election, man, really changed me. Yeah. <laughs> made, me, made me see my friend as my future husband. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> well, it, it's, from 2016, we talk about how I think I think 2020 was kind of the period after that period that somehow got better and worse, but yeah. worse because we couldn't leave our houses and stuff. And boy, I never thought about those four years doing it. I think about 2020 doing it, but I felt like either crumbled or strengthened relationships. And yeah, you know, so that's that's interesting that it was that it was that. That, that. Yeah, and that, I mean, it is kind of our relationship has been marked by like funny thing. 2016 is sort of, we started dating like days after, like pre-inauguration, pre post-election wow. pre-inauguration. So that, that little snippet of time where we were like, mm -hmm. maybe it won't happen. Right. Um, and then our first, we got married December of 2019. So our first year of marriage has been locked in this home together. Wow. And so, you know, we've really, we've really seen a lot together. 
Yeah. I've been through it. But I, like everyone's like, if you make it through this, you can make it through anything. And I'm like, for sure, for sure. But also, if we don't make it through, I will blame this year and I don't want anyone to say it's anything else. Like I'll be yeah. like, it was 2020. No, it was not. It was it was not that I stole all of his money and opened a hat shop with it. It was 2020 us being locked in the house together. Sure. It wasn't your fault that you no. took four or five lovers during the year. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, that's not that's understood. And it won't be. No, if he does that, it'll be his fault. But uh, me, I got 2020 uh, in my back pocket to go. Remember that, though, guys? And they're sure. like, it's 2031 now. And I'm like, but you don't know the foundation still, was broken. You're, <laughs> this, this has come up a few times in a show when I have a comic, but like, that made me think when you're like 2031, you're like, yeah, but 2020, like you're still doing that bit. Yeah. When, when you, you're younger than me, but. Thank you. Probably, probably <laughs> still like I needed to say it if anyone's watching the video or listening. But uh, uh, the, when I started out was like opening for people that were way older that would, all you know, oh, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And they would do like. The example I've given is like the Monica Lewinsky joke that they oh. long since abandoned or oh, like wow. whatever. So it's like that's, yeah. that is that is such a thing that I feel at the very least my generation and your generation of comedians were like, we, I just can't. I no. feel so terrible. It'd be uh -uh. like, it'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can make rent this month, but I see a, like a wallet sticking out of that purse. I can't. It's okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I have a story. I don't even want to like call it a joke, but I guess it is Please. about about like the second Patriots Giant Super Bowl. And I'll only ever tell it like if I see someone in a jersey in the crowd and I'm like, oh. you've willed me to do this. But it is like people are like the catch. I'm like, it's not even the catch Super Bowl. It's like right. the, the more obscure of the two Super Bowls. Yeah. Anything that has like a date attached to it. Right. It's really like that's why it's even I remember like having my mom at a show when I was like first starting and she was like that that he really says mean things about his wife. And I'm like, he's been divorced for five years. You know, like people just fully pretending that they're in a totally different stage of their life. Yes. And you're like, being divorced is interesting. You know, like you can talk about being divorced now yes. um, that I guess when it's personal stuff, the crowd knows less about the historical uh -huh. significance. So you've got a little, but it's like, it just feels so weird. I have a joke where I, I say CJ has a Nissan Cube because he did, but he hasn't had one now for like two months. And even at the end of it, I'm like, he doesn't have that car anymore. Like I have to like come clean. Yeah, you yeah, totally. And they're totally. like, we don't care. Like it doesn't matter to us. <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, he got a new car and it's like, all right, whatever, bitch. <laughs> oh, well, I, I used to be like <clears throat> the king of exposition mm. and my wife and other people are like, you gotta just get to the fucking point. The stuff That's... you're like going up to and talking about is interesting and there's some funny stuff, but there's some meat you got to get to where to the point where at one point, James Adomian was backstage with my wife and she was there for like a client or something. You know, she's a manager. That's yeah. how we met. We, you know, uh, cross lines, you're not supposed to cross and no longer work together, but oh, it's right. better. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's better. It's better. But he just did an impression of me just never getting to the point on a bit uh, and she was cracking up and I'm like, oh, fuck you. Cause I've seen his impression of me and it hurts my feelings. It's so good, but I'm honored. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because he is so good, but you're like, so oh, good. you, you, Damn and it. you're like, oh, I thought your impression of me was going to be of me being really funny and charming. And it's weird that it's about me not getting to a punchline. Well, <laughs> Thankfully, on his album, he just does a ver he just does a cartoon version of me, and there's nothing about the exposition. I'm like, great, but he does it. He does two impressions of comedians, me and Louis. <laughs> so it's like, so no one will listen to that bit anymore. Wow, I say good company, good company. It, two of the greats. It broke all our hearts because he was the funniest dude. But uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so like. Out, like CJ is also a comedian and do you guys I, I I've met so many more comedians that date comedians that have that are in a committed relationship with another comedian and it's totally fine yeah 
I have dated so many comedians. Like, <laughs> not, I didn't leave. I didn't leave a one unturned. Cool. And when CJ and I started dating, he was not doing stand up anymore. He had quit, oh. and and he was fully in a create. Like, he has a creative job, a sports yep. creative job. That's like very cool. That. If I could have, I would. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I would do that and not do stand-up, too, totally. you know? Yeah. And then, so other female comics, they were like, oh, my God, we heard that you're dating a former comic. Like, that's it actually was, like, a holy grail. Like, you're like, he gets it, but he's not doing it, and so he can, like, relate to it, but you're not going to, like, fight about it. Nice. And so it was really great. And then he started again he started running a show right by our house at a Filipino restaurant and the show was so fun. And nice. I've never produced a good show. I've, I've, I have been a part of probably 10 failed live comedy shows. I just like, I'm uh -huh. I can't hang a light. I cannot do anything, right. but like yell at an audience. And so his show became so fun to go hang out at that. That's really like all he yeah, I don't. Yeah, like he did not do Zoom shows. He hasn't done any stand up during this time. And he's seen me like, I'm like, I got to go do my Zoom show. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're just in a place with it that like I'm not. And he has a full time job that fulfills him in a creative way. And yeah. so it's kind of great. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's what you you want to have fun. There's no like delusion attached to it now. Sure, sure. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome for me. A lot of delusion still attached. A lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Most, mostly de delusion. No, I mean, I, I, I still, you know, I have ambitions and stuff. But my, my wife has like a relatively small roster of clients that are mm -hmm. murdering it. Like yeah, doing so good. Yeah, that it's one of those things where, it's like, you know, I'll, you know, she, her, we built her an office in the back of the house, and I'll occasionally hear like a figure someone's getting. Oh like, my god. You know, but. I'm more proud of her than anything. And I'm yeah. doing fucking fine. You know, I haven't had a real job in over 10 years. So wow. I feel like I won, but it's, it's, and, and also I'd like, I'm friends with all those people. I want my friends to be like the people that you, you, you find out bought the bananas house. I probably uh -huh. won't buy the bananas house. I got a great house. I love it. It looks beautiful. But, thank you. You've got built-ins. I mean, when you hear that figure <laughs> though, are you like, calculating the 10% <laughs> like do you hear numbers no, and you're you know like 10% okay, of that's and, and, mine which 5% of that's mine <laughs> nope. I'm not I just know I know she moved to LA with nothing and yeah built it all so any I mean I'm the one who if we're in Vegas and drunk and she's like we walk by the Gucci store and she's like should I get those sunglasses I'm like fucking do damn. it that's how because uh, CJ's a spender and I'm a I'm not, I'm not even a saver. I just am paralyzed with fear about sure. money. Like people, I'll, I'll go back. I, if I had to go back to waitressing, I could do it. If I had to go back to being a nanny, I could do it. Like I live in constant, like if I need to, if I need to fucking marry ketchups again, I, I can go back there because I just can't uh -huh. even like, and CJ's like buy everything. Like I, I went to go buy expensive sunglasses yesterday. And then I came back without them. He's like, why didn't you get them? I'm like, I don't know. It just didn't seem right. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I know I'm pretty okay. And we're actually, we're, we're definitely mostly big savers, uh, but we just go, okay, but this is what, let's go to Palm Springs for the weekend. Fuck it, rent, rent the house, you know, if yeah. we got, if like I get a big job or something like that, or, you know, she gets a big score, but I know people who are doing great, but they just flamethrower to money. And I'm like, I don't, and it kind of keeps coming and great. But it makes me go, I mean, I think about how wasteful I used to be when I was a waiter. You know, you leave on like a Friday night, late shift, and you have that much cash in your pocket and you wake yeah. up in the morning with that much because yeah. you spend it in the bars. It, 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 I look back on that and go, wonder how much mon more money I'd have. Like, what would I have? $5,000 more? Right. You know, like, it wouldn't be. Yeah. I had, yeah, I, I had an emergency credit card. I'm doing quotes for those listening. Sure, I had an emergency credit credit card when I lived in Chicago that was because in college I kept fucking up my car and I'd be like dad <laughs> and it just became like I just was a nuisance and sure. so he gave me this he's like this is if you need like a tire or like you need a it was purely and I would buy 
so many shots for other comedians on my emergency. All I did was buy Jameson shots on this emergency oh credit card. Oh and I'm like, I didn't even, and it was such a like bratty young girl thing to do. But I'm like, what? Like people still be like, oh my God, Megan, you would buy trays of shots on your dad's credit card in Chicago. And I'm like, thank you so much, dad. I went to a state school. I feel like I deserved to just get all of the extra private school tuition there would have been just in shots from my friends that were already wasted. You still saved him money. A hundred, a hundred percent. He's like, you saved me so much money. My brothers went to private like colleges and he's like, Megan's my favorite because she went to the cheapest school. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> I mean, when that whole scandal with those people who were going to prison for faking their kids' applications and their kids just wanted to party, it's like, your kids just want to party. Yeah. Send them to fucking state school state schools are good man or you're rich just let them have like a fucking gap year or whatever yeah. you know super rich kids do go to yeah. europe yeah okay so let's get to the calls okay uh one one thing I, I will say if you didn't know i don't hear them i don't know what's coming so uh you know renee just rolls them and uh it's very fun okay great uh, if if when when it, when it's rolling, you know, you have a reaction, you can let it out. You don't have to be, you know, let it let it roll, let it talk, you know, yeah. but you know, but we'll just listen together and then okay. we'll uh we'll just do our best. All so, right, uh, we're Renee, here to help. Uh yeah. my heart is open. <laughs> good, good. Renee, roll the first call. Hi, this is Kathy, and I would like to know what your opinion is on who should make the bed. Should it be the person who last gets up? I'd like to get a poll on this. I think that's that's etiquette, but I, I'm I'm getting some uh, flack from my uh, my person who should be making the bed. That's my question. <laughs> if you want to field it, thank you. She didn't even say my significant other. She said my person who should be making the bed. <laughs> I mean, it's it's either. I mean, it's like the first thing I thought of was, was like maybe this person is gay and sensitive about it. And no, fair, the person or, who should be making the bed or doesn't or or doesn't want to even reveal either way or uh, whatnot. She could she could be talking about a dog that she's like, I've trained you to make the bed and you are not making the bed. My person who should be making the bed. I'd say Vegas. That's got about a. About a 50 to one chance, but it could be. Yeah, could be. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I guess she did say person. So then person. I just yeah. love, hi, I'm Kathy. Hi, I'm Kathy is just one of the best sentences in the English language it's to so just good. hear that. It's so good because she's resigned already. Like, look, yeah. and I've, I've said this a lot on the show, but uh, um, <clears throat> most people who call in, they know the answer. Like, yeah. They know. She, you know. she wants us to, I would say, you know, I have, I only recently became a bed maker. Oh, um, probably. Yeah. Since living with my husband, really? um, I was not a bed maker before. And I know that's really bad. People say it's like psychologically so good for you to, to uh, do it. I don't, maybe not so good. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but we sort of, I end up making it a lot, but I do think that's because I'm the last person to get out of it mostly, okay. but I would like it to be, I also think I make the bed better than him. Oh, and that, I think that happens a lot to, or I just like the sheets tucked in and he doesn't. And I'm like, then that's just a loose sheet, but he's like, oh, oh I like to stick my foot out. And I'm like, well then what? Yeah. So and we both have nurse moms and when you have nurses for moms that's like you need to make your bed a certain way you know like there's like yeah, tucked yeah. corners and all this shit you're supposed to do i think it's a tri i i think if that's someone's chore then that's their thing mm. to do you know like garbage or right 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 but i i had never heard it's the last person that gets out i thought it was just like a it's someone's to do or you guys take turns i did not i had but now that i hear it kathy i'm i I feel like it makes sense. I just had not heard that etiquette specifically yeah, you before. Know, off the top of my head, like <clears throat> alien landing on earth, learning our ways. You think I would be like, yes, the person who gets up second makes the bed. But then mm -hmm. I can thought about my life. One of us just does. 
Yeah. We never really talk about it. If I go back in the bedroom and, you know, my wife's working and it's 10 a.m. and I'm like, it's unmade. I just make the fucker. It's easy. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. I kind of like the. I like it. I, I like I, I like the, you know, I'm sick to death of loading and unloading a dishwasher. But yeah. I like sometimes where it's like, oh, I got to put those in the. I'm just that's something I can do right now while the baby's napping or whatever or while she's playing. You know, the bed's unmade. I just make it. I think I think what Kathy needs to do is say uh, to her person, you need to start making the fucking bed sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. It's always me. You know, it's I'm sick of it. It looks like shit. You know, it bugs me when it's not made. Make that fucker. And <clears throat> it sounds like she's always getting up first. Right. I think Kathy's getting up first. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think the rule is not so much who gets up uh, second the rule is you do it half the time do it half the yeah. time or when you see it make yeah. it like if i'm off doing something i almost never come home from somewhere and it's not made like uh -huh. cj will for sure make it yeah um yeah i think you're right kathy they just gotta make it yeah, they and if you got it. a lot of pillows they gotta fucking learn how to put them on it's not difficult no yeah this person has walked in and out of that bedroom many, many times and not made it. And then you know? that's what this is. My equivalent of this is dishes in the sink when the dishwasher is open. Yeah. Yeah. I'll same way. I'll fucking kill somebody over yeah, that. I, I hate it. I it's hate so easy. Just sink. open it and put it in there. And I'm Just talking not dirty things like cups. Just like a cup that had water in it. It's like, why would that be in the sink ever? It looks so gross. Yeah, I hate that. So, but Kathy, it, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, just say, you know, maybe not as aggro as I pitched it, but just say to this person, like, look, when you see it unmade, can you just make it, please? Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just start there. Right. You know? And then when she's... She She's been going the you get up second angle. And I do understand mm. that there's some pushback on that because that does seem like a made up rule. <laughs> yeah. And and to me, I was like, yeah, that's absolutely the rule. But I'm like, I don't. I, I, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. Because right. my wife makes the bed. You yes. Know, when she sees it. Yeah. Because sometimes you get up second, but you have to get right in the shower. Or you have to do something and the other person's like doing nothing exactly. <laughs> i guess i'm i'm always the person getting up second so i think that's why i'm like that's not a rule that's actually so i've never heard that that's so funny <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah um i was gonna say yeah anyway um so and also kathy <laughs> kathy you sound so kind and 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 kind of jaded and kind of sad she so sounds like, like this bed situation it's really taken the wind out of her sails yeah i mean just you know, mention it to your, your person, but also take into account, see if, uh, go look inside and see if maybe it's more than the bed. Yeah. It might be more than that bug. In I, you, I you think know? that could, wow. Wow. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, it's honestly, I can't, there are a lot of things that my wife does that, uh, that bug me and, and vice versa without a doubt, but I don't, I don't remember going in the bedroom and going, can you just, because we both do it enough and we both have an understanding yeah. and we both, you know, <clears throat> I think that means that we have good marriages. The bed, the bed is not an issue for us. I think, I think we do. I think we <laughs> give ourselves that. Okay. Kathy, hope that helps. We uh, wish you lots of luck, Kathy. And we'd yeah. love to see, I would love to be tagged in a photo of you and the person who should be making the bed, like in front of the made bed, like a little yeah. success story follow-up. Sure. Hashtag this might help. Hashtag thanks, Megan. Um, okay. Let's roll caller number two. <clears throat> Hey, Matt Bronger. This is Jeremiah just asking advice from uh, a veteran that had to do sketches. I truly want to know what your difficult sketch that you had to push through so that you could, um, I don't know, find your funny in it, but they weren't let, but the co-actors were not letting you find your funny but you just had to push through. I wanted to know how that experience felt and how you dealt with it. So thank you. And thank you, Matt Bronger, my man. I uh, truly love your stand up. All right. Take care, brother. Wow. Thanks, dude. Is that uh, a regular caller? Um, Jeremiah 
he said first and last name. He but, seemed, um, but it's a rock solid name. You know, like name. it's definitely a name that you got. You say first and last. You know, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Even though Ugh, you probably I don't see, know what kind of Jeremiah's, but I want to see sketch with a southern accent. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, sitting here being like, I wonder what sketch they're doing where he is. I would love to see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had, uh, uh, you, you know, Corey Ryan Forrester. I had a yeah. show. Yeah. Buttercream Dream. Buttercream it, Dream. They're so fun. And they're, they're, they're I love them. They're, that's so well funny. read. Yeah. Well they, read yeah. Yeah. They're, nice. they're great guys. They're great guys. <laughs> um, like you, Megan, you have staffed uh, a, a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I I've been. I've written on shows I've been on, and I've written oh. shows I've uh, I've sold, but that never made it to the yes. light of the screen. Oh but, yes, that's the best. <laughs> but I've never. I've <laughs> yeah, just a paycheck, no work. Uh, I um, but I, it's like I can't really say. I've done. I did a thing on a show once where uh, there's a performer who who was much more of kind of t of a ted talk guy and i came uh -huh. on the show to make him a little bit more of a stand-up eat okay roll with it dude and so i was like his coach wow so done stuff on shows but like i haven't i can't say i've staffed staffed where i've sat around the only the closest i've come is mad tv which was a sketch show and i was a writer as well as a performer on that but um to, to answer your question jeremiah i i had sketches that never got in but i had a less than a year tenure on this of this experience and i can't say there were ones i was like why the hell didn't this get through i love this show because we <clears> had <throat> to write it through the prism of of what was kind of pop culture-y mm -hmm. and there wasn't what, what do you call um sketchy sketches which is that like were just sketches. like in a yeah they're just funny uh -huh. they're not about you couldn't have any of those no, but but some would, <clears throat> some would get in, and I remember they would murder at the table mm. read, and then someone like Bobby Lee, who'd been on the show forever, was like, "Yeah, that's never getting in," and I'd be like, "What?" Mm. But it killed. But I will say there was a guy on the show who had a sketch that was like sometimes they would just write something so stupid, and that, those were the ones I like dug the most. Um, I mean, the, my favorite thing I probably did on that show, uh, um, Katie Dippold wrote that was um, Weight Smashers which was based on a guy she really saw who was like on one of those ads where you pull, he pulls his pants out to show how much weight he's lost, but he pulls uh -huh. it down and you can see his dick. And so it like gets blurred. And like, <laughs> she's like, she watched one of those where he's like, I lost 80 pounds, but he was kind of like suspiciously going That's low. Really with it. Funny. So it's like, that killed me. <laughs> And I could, I could, I was surprised that got in because it's just one joke and it's, that's kind of sketchy sketch, mm -hmm. but this writer <laughs> had, um, and I'll throw to you Megan, because this is, this is the end, but I, uh, it was one writer who was, Jeremiah, you mentioned you were a veteran. I think met, mm -hmm. maybe you meant we're a veteran of comedy, but this guy <clears throat> who was a writer on the show was actually in the Marines and um, got, yeah, it was, he was awesome. Really funny dude. His name is fucking slipped my mind. He's actually Katie's, um, uh, uh, writing partner on the show. He's kind of guy who had like a son and he would just show up dressed as Batman to his birthday party, but he was like huge and diesel. So he Whoa. looked like Batman and all the kids were like, it's actually ah! Batman, you know, <clears throat> but when your dad's a Marine, you, you know? know, so he, but he wrote this sketch called crazy plumber. And it was these people at a new job and they're working in this kind of control room and there are all these buttons and stuff. And it's like a government position. And they're just like, like we have to be careful. There's all kinds of different and like, what's this button? There's just a button that says crazy plumber. <laughs> and the person's like, just don't ever touch that. That's beyond our pay grade, blah, blah, blah. And it's a, like a lot of lead up. And of course, one of them either falls against or whatever. And he runs in in a coverall, just smashing pipes with like a huge like monkey wrench. And, the uh -huh. way they, and they have to try <laughs> to contain crazy plumber. It was so stupid, but I loved it. And that was when I was like, I was like, this would kill put this on the air and it wouldn't and, get through. And it so didn't that, get on. No, no, never. No, never. no, no, never. Never. But he, he, he would, he talked about it that way that, that I'm sure Jeremiah probably talks about the sketch. He can't get in. And sometimes you just can't get it in. I don't know if you're, if the rest of your team isn't into it, maybe it's just yours and you can turn it into something else sometime. Yeah, that's yeah, that is true. I guess with sketch, it's like, you can take what you liked about it and then try and, do a different I haven't done a ton of sketch I did do 
lots. I don't know if I would say lots. I did do a, quite a bit amount of improv when I was in Chicago sure. and I don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, there were definitely, I mean, like that, I guess it's a little different because you can't be like, no, we're doing this. Like that's the yeah. whole antithesis of, <clears throat> so I guess my advice would be like, kind of make yourself malleable. Like if, if yeah. they're like, no, maybe, maybe them forcing you to do something that's outside your comfort zone will end up being something that you like doing or it, it, that you are funny. Like I, you, especially in improv, you like pigeonhole yourself sometimes of like, these are the characters that I'm good at being, you know, yes. like I'm going to, I'm going to be opening cabinets and be like yeah. the straight man. But if you're pushed into doing something else, then, then it, then you may be very, very good at it. So I guess, yeah, try and get them to want to do what you do. But if you don't, you know, pivot and don't make them make you not funny, but yeah, that's such a great, example and analogy because I remember being an improv person and doing that sin of all sins where you'd save a character to use mm. on stage you'd save an idea you had you're like oh I think this would be a funny voice to do yeah and it's kind of like you just want to be not thinking you want to yeah. be feeling and, and just like with with a sketch you know that if it's not we dude Jeremiah Megan has of one, I'm sure I have one. Every stand-up comedian has a joke that will not work. That yeah, we love. that we love. Uh huh. And we'll we just <clears throat> keep tinkering with it, and maybe sometimes it it finally becomes a thing that like okay, this this is something that people can identify with and enjoy yeah. as much as I do in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes but. I'll just before that joke be like, no one likes this, um, but I do, and just hope that they. And then as I'm going through it, be like, now this is where I lose everybody. <laughs> like, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. now I'm doing, I'm the queen of exposition then, because I'm like, I'm taking you into what makes people not like this, but yeah. I like it. So I will be doing it. But that's a, that's better because it's a window into something people can understand, you know? Yes. I think sometimes they're like, or you could just be telling us jokes people like. <laughs> that would work too. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that would be too fun. That'd yeah, be too right, easy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have enough of those. Okay, I got to make some of these stinkers fly. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah, same. Um, well, hope that helps, Jeremiah, and just don't let it get you down. Just keep writing. That's yeah. all. Just keep writing. Um, and thanks for the kind words. Caller number three, last caller. Here we go. Yeah, um, I seem to be facing an existential crisis of fairly epic proportion. I mean, I, I've, I've got nothing in my life, no purpose, no job, no career, no prospects, no wife, no friends. I've got nothing to look forward to, uh, no one to talk to, no one to turn to. Uh, you know, I'm oh just, just languishing. I'm just paralyzed by fear and dread and uncertainty and anxiety and insecurity. And, you know, I, I, I think it comes down to the fact I, I – I don't want to live, but I don't want to die either. So am I screwed or what? Holy shit. Um, dude, you, you need to talk to someone and I would, I, I would, you need to talk to someone professional. Yeah, uh, what, that, what I'm scared and sad. Yeah. You're, you're, you're suffering <clears throat> from clinical depression to my, uh, on professional mind and, and, uh, not, you know, that this is, you, you, you need to talk to someone. I talk to a therapist, uh, at least oh, twice so a do, month. So do yeah. I, I talked to two different kinds mm -hmm. and medicated, been medicated since I was 16 and, mm -hmm. and doubled it in the last year. I mean, it, this year has been, I, I, if you have these feelings, I'm sure some of these were happening before, right. but this year has really fucked with everybody. Even if you were on solid ground, yeah. you mm -hmm. have been shook in some way. And even if you feel alone, you definitely are not. not. There is someone that you, I know you said you don't have a job. There's someone that you interact with that yeah. like, cares for you and cares about your well-being, whether it's your family or someone like even at a grocery store, you should not, you, sh you are needed on this earth for sure. Yeah. 
and whatever you have to do to be able to get yourself to know that there is like light there is light at the end for sure yeah and don't feel ashamed for feeling what you feel it's 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 incredibly natural and incredibly common i connected with one of my oldest friends uh god over a decade ago where he was really hitting rock bottom he just said to me like sometimes do you ever just think about like not being alive anymore and i was like well all the time and he was like Mm. really and i was like yeah dude yeah i'm not saying i would do it uh uh, that's the scariest thing to me just the actual feeling of oh no i'm dying but Mm -hmm. sometimes yeah i don't want to be here Mm -hmm. you know and i was more of a sad person then and that was the closest i'd gotten to my own feelings at that point in my life because i was at that point i was mostly just a good time charlie that's about Mm -hmm. it they say but it's very common to feel that to feel that part i'm sure a lot of people stuck in their guts listening to this right now to the point where their 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 stomach touched their spine uh when he said uh uh, i don't want to die but i don't really want to live it's Mm. that that it didn't surprise me at all it hurt to hear that come out of someone's uh mouth but it's so common we've all been there don't go there we we all hit remarkable lows i think you just need to talk to someone professionally and i'm not saying that because i'm afraid of you killing yourself i am i'm saying that because this person can give you the perspective that i can't and that megan can't even though megan nailed it uh uh i'm so glad that you answered first because you kind of you nailed you know what what uh, what was what was real from from what you've been through Mm -hmm. that you've been there you know in your way and if you you can talk to and like it doesn't need to be you don't need a certain type of just find someone that you like and you connect with and if and if you meet with someone and you do not that's it's like a date and then you find someone else like i think yeah. i think the starting therapy process can be very intimidating to people and th- you are paying them to help you and they want like their life work is to want to help people yeah. um and so do not be intimidated or afraid it's, and there's it's aid. welcoming. Yeah. yeah, there's aid, there's hotlines, there's way you can get ways you can get it for free. And you're not going to get all of the help you need right away. But the way I see it is like, right now, you're very hungry. So go grab a piece of bread and take a bite. Yeah, you'll get a meal down the line. That will be a regular thing that will sustain you that will be mm-hmm. the visits with the therapist, you know, and, and um, is there something at one point that you liked to do? Is it like playing mm-hmm. basketball, going for a walk? Is there a certain friend that you enjoy talking to a place you like just anything that feels like it breaks you out of the monotony of your sadness? Right. Um, a song making something I know when you're depressed, that's like so fucking hard to like anything because you just feel the walls closing in around you but if there's anything that you can think of that you love that could just give you a burst of a few endorphins to make you feel joy at some point in the day i think is really really helpful even if it's just like going for a drive for just getting out of your house and the last thing i'll say is call back man uh let me know how you're doing uh let megan know how you're doing i'll play it for her and you know just to see what's up and you have more guts than most people who who listen to my podcast like not listen to my podcast but see me post hey you got a problem call in most of them go eh like you did it that's mm-hmm. a step mm-hmm. you, you called this asshole matt bronger and my wonderful guest megan galley and took a chance that's great. Then take another one and talk to someone who's clinically better at doing what I goof off doing, you know? So anyway. You're yeah. loved. You are cared for though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. That was a crazy one to end on. That, um, we were in the gamut. We, we did it. But on, I, think we did. I mean, bed to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. At first um, I thought it was Jeremiah again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <The> <laughs> The sketch wouldn't go I was through. like, Jeremiah's back. And then I was like, oh, this is not, oh no, this is not Jeremiah. No one, no one digs my sketch about Monica Lewinsky. God damn it. What, <laughs> um, like there's your problem. Um, what do you, do you want to plug something? 
Yeah, I would love to. I'm back doing stand up. And then also I am I wrote for a show that is out on HBO right now. It's called Pause with Sam J. Matt, um, Matt's wife is deeply involved, executive producer of it. So we've got things on the line. Okay. yes, we need this. Um, So it's on on Fridays. And then I, oh, I host my own podcast. I forgot. Um, I host a podcast for the Lifetime Network called I Love a Lifetime Movie with Naomi Ekparrigan, also nice. a very, very funny stand-up. And we watch and review a Lifetime movie every week. We get a lot of people saying that they do not watch the movie. They just listen to us talk about sexomnia, which is a real disease that we've learned about while watching Lifetime. It's when you uh, sleepwalk into having sex with people that are not your spouse. Okay, so those are the type of fun things that we are covering. I do have to say, if you think you got problems, you should watch a Lifetime movie because they, oh my, people are married to people brainwashing them into trying to kill themselves. There are wild things going on on the Lifetime network. Yes. Makes you feel, makes you feel uplifted. I will say it's like, you know, if I get criticized for being like a horror movie fan, I'm like, do you know how much horror there is? Do you know Lifetime movies are horror movies? Do you know? And people are like, no, no, that's something. And it's like, no, just tension and fear. Yeah. There's no monster, but there is. It's the husband. It is. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. There was one movie we watched where there was playing the entire time. Not there was not one moment without buying ice cream, very (laughs) intense music that it like I started to feel like, am I having a heart attack? Like it was like an hour and a half of like, like just on the verge of what's happening. It was brutal. It was brutal. And it was like girls being roofied by their friend and then their oh. organs harvested. Whoa, gosh. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, yeah, that's okay. that's some horror right there. Okay. Well, I got to <laughs> I gotta listen to your podcast and also I got to watch some Lifetime. So, yeah, because um, you'll be watching Pause. You'll be watching Pause. Yeah, Pause, and, uh, no, no shit. Uh, uh, I'm biased, but Pause of Sam Jay is... The, the most incredible show that's new out as far as I'm concerned. It's oh, so wow. That's it's so nice. So yeah. I'm excited to see the rest of it. I've only seen like what I've, you know, written and filmed, but yeah. I haven't seen everything. And so it's going to be a treat for us too. I'll, I'll see clips. Yeah. Like Carol will be like, do you want to see this sketch? And I'll be like, fuck yeah. You know, and I'll, but like, yeah, it's, it's so good. Have you seen the watermelons yet? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm excited. I am too. I'm in it. I haven't seen it. I'm in it. I'm excited. Oh, nice. Sweet. Well, Megan, it was awesome seeing you again. And thanks for being on the show. And your advice was spectacular. It was really great. Kathy, Jeremiah, and our friend at the end, I'm going to be thinking about you and pulling for all of you. Me too. Me too. Thanks, pal. It was great to see you. Appreciate you. Oh, man, that was fun. Megan is so goddamn hilarious. Uh, And correction, she is from Indianapolis originally, but I just know her as a Chicago girl, man. To me, that's how she'll always be. If you need any advice and uh, you're going through some stuff, uh, call me at 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. Next week, we have the hilarious Wayne Fetterman, who is a comedy chronicler and uh, can answer any advice about comedy or laughter, if you like, or what it is to be a guy. (laughs) Anyway, give me a call, 323-763-0228. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.